Good morning. Good, Good morning. So I was thinking, I was thinking about this thing where like a company sort of, sort of by definition in, in its existence of, of self-sustainingness and the things that it has to do to survive needs to reward people that do the most, have the most impact, do the most, put in the most effort, right? And so if you have people who work 24 seven, you know, and, and have the biggest impact and have no work-life balance, um, as a, as a company, you kind of have no choice, but to like promote these people and move them through the ranks. Um, but there, there's this uh, sports analogy of like, if you have a rock star on your team and they go to the championship, everybody gets a ring, right? Everybody gets the, the benefit. And for that person to have become that rock star, you need a bunch of supporting people. They found that if you have four or five rock stars on one team, right? You overload a team. I think this has happened a couple of times it really doesn't work because everybody wants every shot. And if you just have shooters, then who's going to pass the ball and coordinate and do all the other things that you need to do. So taking that into the software team, you have a bunch of people supporting this one rock star um, who is taking, taking the big swings and doing the, doing the work that looks that's highly visible and looks uh, highly important. And maybe they are, you know, really working overtime and all that. Um, but not everybody gets a ring. <laughs> One person gets promoted and moved through the ranks. Uh, the others get, um, you know, maybe on a curve. You know, if anything, maybe they get lower rankings because they're being compared to that person. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there's, I know there is, I'm starting to think there is no good review process that exists. Um, there are only instances of people who deserve to get promoted and they do. But I'm curious, y'all have thoughts about the situation. It makes me think about measurement, right? And and how, like, what we measure. And I think anytime you measure something, that's then something that can be. And so with with the basketball metaphor, you know, the, the number of shots, the number of, um, that's that's a fairly clear thing. But to your point, like. What's then not a so there's there's the person who actually shoots, shoots, shoots the shot, but then there are the people that clear the court right and and like make sure that that you know and, and pass them the ball and that's not necessarily accounted for and you know I don't, in in baseball specifically they 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 have a lot of statistics that they put on top of things right and so there there are like second order measurements but I think the 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 problem is really like accounting for what the team enabled being able to measure that sometimes it's hard to measure or not necessarily there and in the software or knowledge work space it's a lot it's a like it's not we don't necessarily have the same things right like it's not necessarily the number of baskets that deliver but it's just there's so many different angles results mean yeah that's interesting with the baseball because with baseball everybody gets an at bat and if you have a team of all all-star hitters, that actually works. <laughs> as long as they also can play defense, you know, because every position is also important there. So if we take that analogy, maybe we need to be measuring things uh, that each person can pop on and have an at-bat for. 
Yeah, and and I think there's no matter what, there's always ways to game it. So the the problem, so the issue is the concept of a promotion or an MVP, even like anything of an award that you can win. It means that they they have a target that people will orient around that thing, right? So like if there's if there's a reward, um, and that's that's where it really gets complicated. So um, how how do you so you can set the reward you can not tell people what the reward is that's potentially one way but people are usually crafty and they they want to find it anyway um you know i, th- I think this is it, it's one of the, the real challenges of, of management in the promotion process and i think part of the thing is is it is it really worth it what's what's the value that we're adding right and what's the noise that we're creating for that value that we welcome connor Hey, good morning. morning. Apparently, uh, uh, Zencaster doesn't allow you to do that. But I don't even see a settings button. Uh, well, see, that's probably good. You know, set set fewer <laughs> expectations. You're in an A/B test for something that doesn't work yet. <laughs> We're actually gauging whether or not you want to click on the settings. Yeah. yeah whether or not you, we should. Oh, they do want settings. settings. Oh. <laughs> you know, I actually heard that this was called. Uh, and sorry, uh, I'll I'll shut up and go back in the flow but uh this was called uh testing and a pm brought it up that they were like we're just going to put this button that doesn't do anything and then tell them oh sorry we're thinking about building this but we're going to take your feedback into consideration and i was like don't do that don't don't do that i'm not going to do that i, I mean you could that. do that to like 0.1 percent of the people Tesla or does something it. You, know. you know imagine how infuriating it is to get a feature in your car like oh no that just doesn't do anything but we but we think you know you might want your hazard button i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> interesting um not everyone gets a yeah i mean not everyone like not everyone's there in in that point of their yeah that's another interesting thing where you there's a lot of expert bias and when 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 you see one of those people i think Roth we talked about at one point how um we don't we don't say enough all of the hard work that somebody did to get where they are and people like to skip all those steps and say, like, how can I get here to there? And like, you know, just jump the gap. Like, you really can't. You have to, you have to, um, this is this is the role of management, I guess. Finding where each person is and giving them the next step and not, not giving them the step that's five steps ahead. But also recognizing the velocity of people. Because if, if somebody really cares deeply and they have... Um, time at home and they are full bore learning and coding and doing everything that they can to move into the, in their career and as a person as quickly as possible then you have to sort of take that into account in that trajectory and i yeah. think that person even if they are reliant i think we're i think where i'm getting is all of us are actually reliant on our environment and the people around us. And the more we can surround ourselves with people who will help us get to where we want to be, the better we will be. And, and, and it's a, if you want to feel good about it, then it should be a reciprocal thing and you shouldn't be just a leech on the team. Um, Well, you know, so like when, when you have someone who wants to go five steps ahead and they're actually going five steps ahead and they're actually generating results, Mm-hmm. In some ways, that's okay, and you don't want to get in the way of that. The problem is when they go five steps ahead, and then they leave the company, and then what you have is like 
a big mess of nothing that was completely has no value, right? And so I think the the, the problem with software is like it's very easy to create these complicated things that then you are the only person that can touch, right? And that's kind of antithetical to actual qualities, but it's very difficult to measure that until you run into, oh, I need Jerry to go fix this thing. Jerry left six months ago. I guess I'm going to have to start from scratch again. Right? So I think there's there's getting ahead of that. I think we as an industry are getting better at that. But it's hard to measure simply. Gosh, I mean, I, I think that is the problem. Like, I don't, it's funny. I've never heard someone say it so well. But that's the, that is like the main point I've ever, like it's consistently the theme is like someone builds something, uh, doesn't, can, even leaving it open to the possibility of it needing and um, burning out because they're the only one who supports it or the only one who understands it. That, that's tough. And I think the thing that's also, I actually am having this real, like we have this this drive to grind and constantly iterate two weeks sprints, two weeks, you got to show something in two weeks. And like once the, once the train is already built and rolling, like actually it's important that when you're making repairs while it's rolling on the tracks that actually you do that very intentional and uh that is a different problem that like maybe the person who made that and was super excited about doing it super quickly is not there to do and instead you need a repair technician rather thinking about oh you know how do we build this how do we man that that's (sighs) i think and I, I think one of the one of the keys there is who's the team that you have today? What's the team that you need later? And you have to check in with the whole team, right? So this is kind of back to the concept. Like everyone gets the ring if they can like confidently modify the existing things that we have. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be everyone, but like at least more than one person is probably a good idea because then some. And there's absolutely. I think the other thing too is like. Uh... <sighs> We can't just reward those who who make the big thing and change it all. Like we also have to like reward the thankless ask of. Uh... Yeah, and the, so the, the dirty work I, I kind of put in this bucket of so there's like new features and then no one so like the rock stars usually are associated with the new features usually not always the maintenance is that dirty work but the the key is like a lot of the software ends up being the maintenance for features. Not all, and it depends. It depends on where you're in the life cycle. But like in general, if you wrote something that's supposed to, you know, exist for the next, let's say, let's say even just 12 months. Okay. So within two sprints, you got something. And then implicitly it has to work for the next 12 months or it should. Well, right? I, I think a lot of people think that the, the like delightful experience comes from like that you know one design sprint you have and you're like oh I mean, no the delightful experience comes from it working really well <laughs> and not breaking and delivering on its promise um right and like that is the that comes yep. i'm really struggling with this time horizons of you but we we know people have been around this long enough know the cost in the long term i think almost we need a simplified diagram or something that is a tiered approach so that if somebody comes with an idea say product or design or somebody we need this feature okay cool where in the tier structure does it fall in the long-term cost growth analysis right because adding something 
adding something that requires new systems that the team has to support is very different than chain modifying the functionality of an existing one one is like you might have to spin up a team and that team has to exist as long as you want this feature to exist <laughs> or it degrades you know and 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 degrading and lowered performance and uh functionality is not an option not something most companies or businesses will say they want at all ever so we have to be realistic about the people required to maintain things you know one one thread on this right is like there's the i own the thing and then i just decide one day that i don't or i change teams mm-hmm. and it's like i i think in terms of accounting we could all do a better job of like being responsible for that and, and so like one one potential way of doing that is to say it's the it's up to the manager and so i'm saying managers so manager being the one who's not writing the code because if they're the ones accountable for that thing which then goes on a that potentially could put some pressure on them to either retain those folks or to find other solutions and i think it's it's challenging because we put so much emphasis on the ic on the on the person actually writing the code um so i guess the question is like what's who do we hold accountable for that when that IC leak? I want to bring up a couple of points. Well, even in sports, if you have was like not utilizing like a ball hog or something like that, that doesn't, like it still has the same look if you're not utilizing your team. And then two, let's imagine like you're in boxing. It's like nobody wants that either. Like yeah, everyone wants to feel good about it too. So like what I'm saying is like, even in sports, who's your audience? And you got to cater to that. Make sure that you're like giving them a show. And two, making sure you're utilizing your team properly. So I don't see, like, I, I, I'm I saying, like, sports and, like, our actual work teams probably aren't that different. Like, if you're having a good team in sports, you probably have a good team in work. You probably get, like, that's success, right? If you have, like, a win, that's, like, that's, is that the goal, the, the ring? Or is the ring, like, the reputation, like, or the, like, reputation of, like, oh, people like playing with you or, like, watching you? What's the, what's the goal? I don't understand the analogy of putting on a show. Are you like, is it the, is it your boss or the, like, kind of, is that the question? Yeah. Like the, like the person who's using it to me is the show. Like, that's like, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're creating a nice experience for your, for the people who are paying you, you know, for the, for the, like, why do you have that job? You know, that kind of thing. That's the putting on a show. It's really hard to quantify. It's really hard to, so the person who makes that big splash builds something new and like starts a new revenue stream for the company. Right. And then it's like, oh, suddenly we can't like not have this thing. Um, but then, you know, that person, someone has to go and maintain it. It's really hard to show that like, actually that cost to do that is significantly higher than, and it's going to, and the people who usually are like, in my experience, I found that the team do that work are woefully untrained and not prepared for this, not because they can't do it to have never had to do this before. And, um, it's really tough to tell the business that like you have to hold on and wait and this is going to, the customer really does need this. But then like, also I can't tell you in numbers why, because the team can't even measure it. Cause we don't even have the right metrics because we're not even measuring. Cause what we built was just the thing. We didn't put the logging or we didn't put the, we didn't measure it. Right. And so like, we've got this thing and you think it's wonderful, but also we have no idea how to tell you in the, the words that that the language the love language that you speak which is numbers right like how how do we uh do right by the customer and training up these folks 
taking them from being getting the ring to getting the ring because they are delivered by yeah. increasing reliability or fixing a bad bug. You know, kind of what it makes me think, Ray, is from an engineering perspective, it's almost impossible to know what to build without the context of how long something. Oh yeah. So point being, is this something that we feel like, and it can be an estimate. We can be wrong, but are we building this with the idea that we are going to use? Are we like, do we have a pretty good hunch that we want to go forward with this, right? And so, like, point being, how much, what, to what degree do you invest in quality, right? And, and like having all the bases covered for something that really is just a test, you probably don't need or want high quality because that means that you can get it faster. The problem is the state changes with it, right? This is an MVP. Yep. We want this out as soon as possible. Cool. Now we want this for the next four years. Well, that's, that's a, we would have built that differently, right? Um, yes. So like one's with balsa wood, the other one's with steel. So I, I think the, the challenge is we don't usually as part, so part of the process, we, there's a frog boiling in there, right? In the sense that like, oh, we're not, we're still not sure. We're still not sure. Three years later, we're still not sure. Well, three years have passed and we never got to evaluate that. And so we never really got to account for the cost. And so the important thing is to know when you have a balsa wood structure that needs to be steel and then be able to like carve out the time to invest in that. It's also hard to find an architect who wants to go do do that. <laughs> build the, build, like who isn't already happy in their car? I, I love balsa wood. There's so many balsa, balsa uh, that, yep. that are out there. Balsa wood is great. So you guys yeah. were all managers at one point. Um, and I'm going to have a question for you. If you could pick your team, let's say you have three options. One, you get like the Mighty Ducks kind of style where people are like, you know, pretty inexperienced, but like you're very motivated. And they... two, you have like superstars that like, you know, like an all-star game that are good somehow, even though each individual player is just like amazing. Or three, like a, like somehow the team is a guaranteed win. Like you, you know that like whatever you want them to do, they will do it and they will succeed. And there's zero risk that they will fail. Like, what what do you want and why? How, why is there zero risk? How does that work? Just because they have reputation and somehow like uh, like, but you're in- inheriting this team. It's not like something where you like build. Oh. It's something. So like, real, okay. yeah. Here here's some answers. So like, if I am very tired and I want to collect a paycheck and basically like zone out, I want number three, right? Like I want it to be no man, no, no good manager wants number three, number three. <laughs> exactly. There's no work to do. You're literally That's just exactly sitting right. on your hands all day. That's well, exactly good it. managers who are in a life transition, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, but you're right. I mean, like if there's nothing to do, like the question is like, what are you, what, are, what value are you adding as a manager? And I think there's always potentially, you know, they're at, 11 right uh, out of a 10 and they can go to 12 and you find that um you know i think the with with the number two example what you're essentially describing are like a bunch of assholes right and i wish like i want us as a society to bring back the no assholes rule because i think we forgot about that and whatever it's just too hard if we if we fired the assholes who would be left i don't know but um like that's another thing and i think you can you can transform people who are in that state to something better a lot of times you know assholes are humans like we we i, I don't know i could say like i've been an asshole at certain points in my life right it's been you know <laughs> i didn't know how to deal with it um 
and yeah, there's there's a similarity between a lot of this comes down to what is what is even and is it a team? Um, there's actually a, a there's a formal definition of a team, which is independent of a working group, right? And most what we call teams are actually working groups, and that's okay, right? A team generally has like some kind of shared purpose, like something that like everyone's going towards. And when you have a sprint board where it's like people are not doing anything related to each other, is that a team? I don't know. I mean, are they going to be able to like, is there something shared? Whoa, this is interesting. So you think it's okay that everybody's a work group? Because I, I feel like the first thing when I've started teams, the first thing I do is the existential crisis meeting. And I say, what do we, why are we here? And what do we stand for? And what is our shared purpose and goals? And then, um, and then do the practice of limiting work and progress so that we can pair up and work with each other and we're all focused on the same thing. But that's, you could do that on a very siloed individual level and that's okay, right? What do you mean? So point point being like that structure, so I think all the things that you said can apply to a bunch of individuals doing separate work streams. I think yeah. the, the team part really is like where there's crossover between them. And you don't need crossover mm. for everything. That's really, and so like working groups are just by definition more common because you actually like team team is the next level. You don't necessarily need the next level. Just to say, it, it would be nice, but it doesn't. It's not necessary. That requires, I feel like, culture and personality things that you can't guarantee that you're going to have, and that could also lead to people be feeling left out if they're not in that group. Yeah, and I think that's so. What you, what you're saying, so teams are high value, but they're also high cost, right? So, like getting everyone to you have to pay for that, right? Yeah, There's people who have ever been on like there is like even a fractured vision within the team. I feel yeah. like of a well functioning team, but I would say most well, and, and that's sometimes not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I would say a well-functioning team has high task conflict, especially at the beginning of things. Low relationship conflict, high task conflict. So they're criticizing yeah. code constantly. They're criticizing architecture and ideas and challenging each other very frequently, especially at the beginning. And then there's like a moment of disagree and commit or like democratic decision-making uh, that then, then things sort of align, but very, very low if any relationship conflict. Those can be proxy wars. If it's a technical conflict, it could have actually like they're they're saying it's you know tabs versus spaces, but it's actually I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> that happens, right? I think well, people sure. try to encode this as like, oh, I have a technical reason for this. It's like, no, you don't. You just don't like that person. Like, it's not it's not you. It's the code. Also, you're an asshole. <laughs> Wait, may I ask another question? So, like, I I really like Roth's. Let's say you're hiring, mm. like. Person number one comes along and you have a fighting chance with number one. And then person number three comes along and they've already got like five offers and you're like waiting forever. But like one comes along, like, do you take that chance? I was realizing the other day, I thought that one really shouldn't qualify uh, because they don't have the experience to be this picky right now. Like I would rather just spend the time as a manager and coach them where they need to go. Um, well, I'm think, curious yeah. if you, you all would want to, like, if you were hiring for a role right now for that team, would you go for a Mighty Duck? or would... For which team are we talking about? Scenario scenario one or scenario two? Oh, I guess that does. 
let's say the would you wait for and maybe I, yeah i tried i try to do both i try to identify the next all-star on the team and invest a lot of time in them and at the same time try hiring one because i do think so going back to the three options i i think i'd take two over one because i think the having the the all-star sort of all-star we're, we're we might all have a different idea of what that is in our heads right now but i think a team needs an example and uh somebody to show how this works you know and who has been through it before and has some maturity and seniority in a good in a good way and without that i would have a very hard time managing a team because i would be I, I I would feel compelled to be that. And then I would get sucked into the things that as a manager, I is not my job. And I think that I think that actually happens a lot, both because managers are promoted from being that person to being a manager and because managers don't don't set those clear boundaries about what their job is and what their job is not. I, I think the, the challenge here is like when you have asymmetry, Right, where some so essentially a rock star relationship in a team is an asymmetry, right? One person is not like the others. Um, the challenge is there's there's a lot of implicit responsibility that that person then takes on, which can implicitly turn a very nice person into an asshole. <laughs> and so I think that's that's challenging too. And I think what you, what you're identifying, Dan, is that you want you want some. Um, peaks thrown into the team so that people go higher than where they're at. I think if if you can balance that out so that it's not all on one person, that person's probably going to like the team is generally going to be and I, like my my approach to like which one do you pick would be most people like would say that they have the mighty ducks, but they actually have the, because these things are complicated and like people lie <laughs> and for good reasons, people lie for very good reasons, right? Like, I don't know that I trust you. And so this is what I, you know, but, but you know, I think in each one of those, for me, the thing is there are different challenges and you can do different amounts of work in each of them and you can learn different things, right? So getting punched in the face constantly means you're going to learn pretty quickly right and like more it's also not very pleasant so you don't want to do it all the time and that's where you got to find the balance and and honestly you know i think with like part of the great resignation piece right or like job changes in general it's okay to give up sometimes right and just like <laughs> say take, take some time for yourself i think the the, the biggest challenge is find, finding when your own wheel um and that's really hard. Sometimes you, you need a manager to be able to tell you, hey, you know, this could be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the best conversation this, this past two weeks. And I was like, that's probably like the best advice yeah. I could. I feel like that's that. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I just I just had a tech lead on my team. Uh, we, we were on a team near me sort of in a rant that um, his skip level told him he needs to care less and i was like no no don't care less but maybe what they meant to say was chill out because that does sound yeah his his he basically framed it was like you're an engineer everything that's broken is painful for you and you want to fix it 
and you know that you can fix these things, but you also know that you have more than you can do yourself and you need the team to do it. And people are, are stretching and not meeting, not going where you want them to. And it's taking time and you have 12 people and that's okay. Like don't burn Mm. yourself out. And I feel like. So uh, to address those like long-term things, do you want your teams to prioritize like bonding with each other, like liking each first? Is that your first goal? Or do you prefer like, hey, we're, we have these problems because we don't know how to do X. So let's go train ourselves and let's go learn. Like what is the priority? I don't think you can do. I think that you have to find psychologically safe in order to screw up or two. It helps if, if you've got someone who can model asking questions. But like all that really, whether or not they've had the experience and can muster some care for their team, even though they don't know anything about them. That's, I mean, that's a rare, but also but I, one's really hard to do on its own. So, But I think those two things go hand in hand, right? If somebody is open and learning, um, that probably means that they've identified a gap that they can learn. And the, I guess maybe the difference is how do they share and coordinate that with the team? But I see those two things playing off each other a lot, the learning new skills uh, and technical stuff and the like team building, team cohesion stuff. Because if a team is willing and able and open to saying, look, we kind of suck at this. I need to learn it. Does anybody else want to learn too? That kind of thing, open transparency um, really boosts the the effort that people put into saying, oh, that's a good point. I don't know this other thing. I'm going to go learn it. And then that creates this like feedback loop. I have a weird alternative answer, which is that like high-performing teams are high-performing. You don't always need high performance, right? Like sometimes balsa wood's okay. And sometimes, you know, I think some of what your VP was saying to you, Connor, is that like what we have actually doesn't need to be improved. We just have to like, at least make sure that we don't go backwards. And that then sets an expectation or a goal, which in some ways, like it might be less exciting for you personally. Yes. But also less excitement, like excitement can also be anxiety in there too. <laughs> right. And so it's, it's this mix, right. Where like, how good do you need to be? And realistically, like from a, if, if from a cold analytical standpoint, you need to be as good as like your costs, you know, um, being less than what your, your value is. And what that says to me is like, unfortunately, there's a real case in, in a lot of cases where like you actually don't need, like a working group is fine. People can work on independent work streams. They don't have to be any better than they were, right? I, I think like one of the ways that capitalism grinds all of us right so that you always need to get promoted it's like well at a certain point do you really need that much like you don't need that much more it's okay if you're just like doing at least what you you can stay at a plateau for the rest of your career and like you're human there's other things (laughs) you know to consider and i think that's that's the key great resignation there's a guy who made up he now or now he said i'm actually i was actually the productivity junkie and um he read a book about i think it's four thousand weeks um, if you think about that that's not a big number uh uh and like at the end of the day like time is finite if you're gonna be you could go into nihilism real quickly but actually it's not the point actually yeah. the point is just 
Uh, yeah. struggling for for no reason for like minimal if you think about the fact that like you you might if you're lucky you might get an extra 2,000 weeks uh, if you're unlucky you might subtract 2,000 um, but like money doesn't like it just doesn't that's not really a worthy goal like it, are the skills where you want to do your health or to the you know if maybe you are an introvert crank out stuff that, like uh, I think that what this has taught us is that optimization sometimes possible YOLO. You only but, live once. But, right? but, but also, I think that we, the human mind is terrible at modeling the world oh, yeah. accurately. Right. So yep. if you're looking at, if you're feeling bad because the, I, there's there's something I saw where it's like, if, if, you, if you actively thought about all the good things that happen and the bad things that happen, you'd have you'd, you'd be thinking of nine good things and focusing on them and then one bad thing right like 90% of what we're doing is great and going well and we tend to focus on you know hyper focus on the 1% that's just how our brains are geared this is like the stoic philosophy too of like learning to like the things that you already have instead of instead of wanting the things that you don't well, and I think some of this is like your your brain wants to like go towards improvement. There, the there's this like um, great SNL skit, right? It was about YOLO, right? You only live once, and so a lot of folks were saying YOLO, you know, like you know, I'm gonna go jump off a bridge. It's like no, you only live once. If you jump off a bridge and die, you don't get to like do anything after that, right? And so like be very careful or whatever. There are like variations on that, and um, you know, I think that that relates to this too right like you do only live once so if you you can process it after the fact but like are you just going to generate too much that you could process before you only get we have to live 24 hour days whether we like it or not and often <laughs> so often we are not we, we, we we're modeling this world where we have 50 hour days like what what world are you living in and why like you, when your model is broken um don't try and change the world. Change your model. <laughs> cool. Call it. 